champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley. And he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And today, in a Japers Rink Radio draft exclusive, although I guess it's not exclusive because <laughs> we weren't talking about the draft, but it's fine. Uh, that person who just chuckled at my incredibly lame joke was uh, Japers Rink's own uh, Luke Adamanis. So, uh, Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We were just talking uh, off mic that uh, we're going to be very glad after a certain date in November, uh, hopefully. So, uh, and we'll leave that vague because uh, you know I think uh, we have we have listeners on all sides of the aisle here. So, uh, you know, if you want my political takes, just follow me on Twitter uh, these days. Uh, all right, but anyways, uh, Luke. So um, before we get into the draft, uh, there was some news that just broke about an hour ago, which is. Uh, Former Capital, Matt Niskanen, has retired, which uh, I was surprised when I saw that. Uh, I don't know kind of where you are, but I guess kind of just reactions. And uh, what do we what do we make of Matt Niskanen's legacy as a Capital? Yeah, I mean, I would, I think every, I don't know if anybody saw that coming. He what? He's only 33. Um, yeah. I could see it if his, like, contract is up, but he has one more year at, you know, five point, I forget what it was, seven million or something. Yeah. Like, you figure, like, maybe he'd you know, tough it out for one more year just to make that extra ching ching. But I think he's like, you know what? I got my cup. I've made, you know, probably 10, 20 million after taxes and money. Uh, COVID is happening. So why risk any type of health, you know, just go retire early and enjoy yourself. So good for him. I'm all about that. Like, you want to, you want to do that? That's the way you do it. Yeah. Hey man. Like, uh, he will have a lot more money than I ever will. So, uh, you know, might as well enjoy it, right? Uh, I guess kind of like about Niskanen's legacy as a capital. I mean, obviously, 2019 wasn't the best of years. But uh, I don't know about you, but I'm always going to try to remember him as uh, that uh, Niskanen Orlov pair in the playoffs that uh, all of the attention wanted to go to Carlson and Kentney. But uh, I think it was those two, at least from my standpoint, they ate the really tough minutes and really uh, helped propel the Caps on a victory, eh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were they're. Cl- I mean, even that year that we considered bad, his last year with us, I remember looking at his like analytics in, in the back half, and they were like his usual. The Orlov Niskanen pair was still like fifty five, you know, expected goal percentage. So I like yeah. the last half of the season into the playoffs. So I think it was just a really poor start, and that's what we kind of remember. But if I, I think they finished really well, and I mean, well, he'll always have props for the cup. You know, he was he was great. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so I guess we're gonna we're gonna talk about the, the NHL draft, which is uh, something that I know incredibly well, and uh, I'm not. Yeah, I I'm just gonna bull uh, bull bull crap my way through this. Uh, but but here we go. So I guess before we go into this, um, I guess I have a question for you, and it's something that I always like to ask people that know about a topic way more than I do, which is. How do you get into draft stuff? And like, what are some of the, say I am a person who is interested in learning about prospects and that kind of world. Where do you even start with that kind of information? Yeah, so I, um, I was saying, I didn't really get into draft till about like three or four years ago. I think it's just fun in terms of, I always can, I always like compare it to like Christmas morning. It's kind of like you're getting a new present and, you know, you really, you're just really excited to see what it is. 
But if I were someone that wanted to get into it, there's a lot of people um, on Twitter that are just really good at what they do. Uh, they're like they're like cone scouts like me. They just kind of watch. They probably they watch a lot more than I do. That's for sure. Um, but it would be hard to list them. But I will point you to the article that I had for the top seven uh, that we put out for Japers last week. Uh, I had the at the there's like I list like 10 of people that 10 sites or whatever that I follow. Um, so if you're interested at all, you feel like you're interested, I just go to their Twitter. They have links to their Twitter on the article uh, and follow them because they it's just that's that's where I just got into it because they would post things and you read articles and all that. And it's exciting. So if you're if you're interested at all, I definitely uh, point in their direction. I just can't name their names. Um Oh, yeah, I, I kind of put you put you on the spot there, which I feel no, bad about. But, uh, <laughs> I know Corey Prominent in particular is someone who, like, I don't yeah. know Twitter handles are, and I don't know. Yeah, if that, yeah. But you can find uh, a thing. So yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Corey Prominent I know is, is very good too. Uh, that's the uh, I think he's at the Athletic these days, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely a place to start. So I guess also kind of asking about draft philosophy. Where are you at on drafting versus need versus just I have a board of the top you know, my top 200 players and I'm just going to take the first person on that board. So kind of, kind of where are you at on this need versus best player available perennial debate for the draft? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm more into going for what you need more than what is your, the best person. Cause I feel like you, just, I mean, that's how the caps draft. And so now we have 300,000 left-hand defensemen in the system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I understand like if, you, I mean, I don't know what they're their thinking was when they took certain people, but I mean, I, if you like really love them, take them. And if they really love those left-hand defensemen, then take them. But for me, it's like, you're probably going to find always every position around that pick you have. There's probably going to be a center winger defenseman. So if it's like, I really need centers. And if, if I think this left-hand defenseman is maybe only slightly better, I'm going to take the center just because I know I have a lot of left-handers. But I mean, if you really love that left-hander defenseman, then I go for it. Um, but to me, I'm all, I'm more about, that's why my, all my articles, I'm like, I'm banning the caps from drafting left-handed defensemen. I don't care. <laughs> they they haven't, even I know they have enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Like they, we do not, unless they're the next Eric Carlson, oh, the left hand, which there is not any in this draft. Don't, they shouldn't be, re, they shouldn't be, there's going to be a winger or a center or a right-hand defenseman goalie in that area. That'd be good. So that's my philosophy. I kind of like to draft for need personally, but that's me. There you go. There you go. That that makes sense. Uh, it's also interesting, too, because I feel like I hear a lot of just take the best player on your board. But I think it's kind of an interesting answer because at least in, in my sense in hockey, it can be tough to really equivalent. You know, it's not like there's just one college league in hockey. Right. You're mm. talking about yeah, exactly. a lot of different leagues and trying to kind of make pretty educated guesses, but also ultimately just guesses on who's going to be NHL ready and who's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's just so many leagues and so many different countries. It's so hard to determine what is that someone does well in one league. How are they doing in another league? It's very, very difficult to tell for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a little apples and oranges. So I guess let's talk about the caps organization. Uh, and I, I know that for Japers Rank, we're going to do the twenty, the uh, the twenty five under twenty five or whatever, which uh, is going to be hard this year mm-hmm. because I think we have a couple of players drafted or who are aging out of that. But uh, I guess 
where organizationally would you say the Capitals are strongest and where are they weakest? Um, so we're strongest at the left-hand defense side, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Siegenthaler, Ferrari, and Alexiev, which is a really good one, two, three. Um, and then you still even have Lucas Johansson, who we know is injured all the time. But if he can stay healthy, he's pretty good. Then that kid, Bobby Nardella, who tore it up in the AHL for us, he's also left-handed. Um, but you can never have too many centers, honestly. We have a pretty decent one-two with Michael and Protoss. Um, but, you know, you can always get sent. I know I just said don't draft for what you need, but we need more skilled centers, I would say. And wingers are always kind of, like, good. Um, but, yeah, so I'd say, say centers. And we could use one more right-hand defensive since we lost, uh, who was that, Prisky last year? To He left us, uh, betrayed us, and he, he went did. to Carolina. <laughs> And then he got to Florida, which is really funny. So he didn't even stay in the team he wanted to stay with. Um, so, yeah. So it's kind of like anything but left-hand defensemen we're uh, decent at, but we could definitely use more of. Yeah. So I know that the Capitals have – I know in the Athletic and a couple other places, the Capitals are definitely towards the bottom in terms of yeah, prospect sure. pools and everything like that. So, I mean, I guess two-part question here. One, do you buy that? And two – if, if if that is true, do you think it's a, it's more of the Capitals not drafting well, or is it kind of one of those things that when you're good for a long time, it's just tough to kind of keep it up in a hard cap league and everything like that? Because I look at this and I see Pittsburgh consistently ranked low. You see other elite teams that have been good for a long time that start to fall on these lists. So kind of where are you at on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely buy that. I don't think we're as bad as people like some people have ranked us second to last or last. Um, and then I think actually McKean hockey, there's another source. They actually ranked us 20th. Um, I think we're better than that. We're still not good. That's just the bottom line, but I think we're better than the bottom five. The issue is we don't have a lot of sexy players, which is kind of weird to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except Connor McMichael, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Connor McMichael is like our only like, Ooh, that guy's sexy, but, so like our left-hand defenseman, for instance, Alexiev, Siegenthaler, um, Fehrhavari, they're not point. They're not going to put up a crap load of points, so they, no one really recognizes them. But like Fehrhavari and Siegenthaler are really, really good defensive, and like uh, at the, on the defensive side, especially Siegenthaler. So even though they're not going to be putting up points, their defense is is really good, and so I think that's where we get kind of in trouble. People are like. You don't really have anything that, that stands out except McMichael. But if you really look at it, we have some really good – I think we're going to have some good analytic people that are going to be really strong for us. Um, so that's why I think we're better. We're still not top anything. I still think we're better than bottom five. But um, as for uh, – what was the second part of that question? I guess, I guess the uh, – you know, obviously oh, – yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, why, 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 why do we think that's the case? Five, like well above average – but the issue is, like you said, it's just it's a lack of picks, especially second round picks. We love to trade that those like candy. Um, we just lost ours this year. We traded it for in the Dylan trade. So we just don't have a lot of second. We've been killing it with our first round picks. If you look at our history, our back our picks 20 to 30 are like unreal that we, the value we get out of them. But you can also still get a lot of great value in the second round. And we just do not keep second round picks. And that's where you get kind of boned. I would still like to see us take more home run swings in the back end of the draft. Like that's where you can find a lot of fun, you know, just this 
that weird Russian kid that uh, mm-hmm. that you know ends up putting. You, you up. might not be able to get him to America, but if you get him, yeah, yeah, pretty like, good. I would love. To see, we we played. In my opinion, the Caps play too safe in the after the third round. We play like, yeah, let's just get this guy because we know he'll be decent. But we we as a team that I'm sure this will come up again as we're talking, as a team that is trading away picks and winning cups and trading and and picking late, you got to swing for those home home run guys because even if they don't work out. Even though they're high risk, if you hit on them, you can keep your window open. So that's why my draft draft philosophy is just aim for the highest skilled players. And even if they're low floor, but they're ceiling super high, go for those. And so that's where I think we could the Capitals could do better is just aiming for those guys and just hoping they hit. It's better than playing safe because we're not going to be improving with playing safe. If you want to keep the window open, you got to get high end talent like McMichael and. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, I guess I guess something I'm also kind of curious about is, uh, and I have a specific player in mind with this question. Uh, but I, so obviously the Capitals just hired uh, Peter Laviolette as the head coach, and he has come in uh, to kind of you know fanfare that he is going to try to toughen things up and uh, really have some accountability and everything like that. In your opinion, do you do you think that maybe that slight philosophy change up top could matter for the kind of players the Capitals draft? And I think of of a player maybe like Tom Wilson, kind of in this question, someone that Misty famously said after watching the Caps in the playoffs, "Oh, we need someone who can play for the, with that in that kind of vein for these kind of big games." So, do you do you buy that a, a head coaching shift from Reardon to Laviolette could maybe matter in terms of the players the Caps draft or not? That's a good question. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's a really. That's a. You're a smart person, Greg. Um, <laughs> I, I say I, usually me on Twitter is just agreeing with Luke, <laughs> and Luke on Twitter is usually disagreeing with me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah I, if I had to guess, I'd say no, it wouldn't, because I think there's a lot of similarities between Laviolette and Trotz. Uh, so I don't. So going forward, I don't think they would trade. I don't think they would do too much different in terms of what the coach would be i can understand if we got um maybe like a younger coach again i I said they didn't because they won an experienced coach but if you're going younger coach you wanted like a little bit more speed but i I don't know i don't think i my guess would be no they it's not like they had a meeting with their scouts and said all right we got to change this up because i think he's just he's very similar to trots and that's how they drafted so i don't know but that's a good question there you go. There you go. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll find out. Although I guess we'll also both find out, but not find out because we'll never really know the answer to that question. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So let's let's go to the track class a little bit here. Uh, I've seen stuff that says that this is going to be a particularly strong class. Uh, where where are you at on this class as a whole? Do we think this is going to be a, a kind of a historically strong year? Do we think, or do we think this is maybe towards the bottom or somewhere in the middle? I, I think it's going to be a very strong dra- uh, draft. Um, who was it? And now I'm going to sound like an idiot because I can't pull their name out. But um, they did a analytic uh, article based on it. And they say it's going to be the biggest maybe ever in terms of the, the talent you can get uh, in this year's draft, especially at Ford. It's a very deep 
draft at four. So it's, I'm very happy that we kept her first. So I think it's definitely going to be above average at least. At least that's the way it's looking. But you really can't tell until five years out how some how a draft year looked. But it's looking very strong. Yeah, and I know we were talking about this before uh, that the one player that I've consistently heard of is uh, Alexis Lafreniere, who seems like is almost certainly going to the New York Rangers, which uh, makes me die a little bit inside, but that's okay. Um, But in in your opinion, at the top of this class, are there any other real game changers aside from Lafreniere that you kind of have in your gut as someone, wow, this is going to be someone who's a real superstar in the league? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of debate between Lafreniere and um, uh, Byfield, who's like a six foot four, six foot five or something. He's a big kid and he can skate. Like he's getting a lot of comparisons to Malkin and Kopitar. Um, So if he can turn into one of those, that's huge. Uh, There's Marco Rossi, who I think is going to be a superstar. I think he's going to be the next Braden Point, but maybe even a little bit better, honestly. Um, But since he's five, I think he's like five foot ten or something. So no one's taking him seriously. Um, But what other forwards? There's, yeah, there's just a lot. There's Lucas Raymond, who are getting, like, Patrick Kane uh, comparison. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of superstars that come out of this draft. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing I'm going to be intrigued by, and uh, I'll ask you this, and uh, but I think we're just going to have to kind of figure this out together, is this is a weird year for the draft, right? You have yeah. the coronavirus, you have the flat cap. And on top of that, typically you see a lot of movement and drafts, just a lot of trades, a lot of that. Are you are you thinking and expecting that we're going to see the same this year, or do you think it might even be a little supercharged? I think it's going to be supercharged. It's like as you said, the cap, everything is just changing, um, and people need to stay below. And it's the, all the reports, all the murmurs out there, it's going to take one move, and then a bunch is going to happen. But everyone's just kind of stuck right now. Um, so I think there's going to be a lots of trade over, uh, especially because they're leading up to the U- the UFA thing starts on Friday, the free agency. So I think you're going to see a lots of movement uh, on the draft floor and leading up until Friday. Uh, it's, I think it's going to be kind of it's going to be it's definitely fun as a fan. You're like you're, just, you're just salivating to see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, and uh, for for all of um, all of our non-Luke people who are uh, maybe at my level of draft knowledge, I think uh, there'll still be a lot to pay attention to, particularly maybe on Wednesday when some of the later picks and you start seeing some pretty earnest swapping. Um, so, all right, I we are now 18 minutes into this podcast, and uh, I have yet to ask you the question that most people probably that are listening to this episode want to know. So the Capitals have, what, the 23rd? fourth or pick or something like that yeah, something right. in that range uh 24th am i right yes all right okay i'm gonna call that a victory um and <laughs> uh so where where are you at on i know that for the site you have a uh you you, you gave a prediction for the caps are gonna take kind of where are you at on how you expect the caps to use this and maybe what are some of the options that they have at the uh, 24th so like i said it's a really deep draft especially forward um so i'm hoping they use it on a forward um because next year is supposed to be a really deep defensive draft um but that's funny because the two top kids i think they capture really aim for are two russians and they it's crazy that they haven't drafted a russian skater not a russian goalie samsonov is the one he's a goalie but a skater out of a russian league in 10 years last one was kuznetsov which is really wild when you considered ovechkin kuznetsov you know as forwards and orlov 
even as defensive. They haven't, they haven't drafted one, so I'm not holding my breath. Um, but one is Rodin, the main one is Rodian Amirov. Um, he's like he to me. I always explain him as like the Russian Justin Williams. He's just a really smart, super smart kid that knows where the puck's gonna be. Um, he's not he doesn't have anything like an elite shot, elite speed passing, but that's how that's how Justin Williams is, right? You don't you look at him and be like, man, he has a great shot, or he's really fast. It's like, no, he's his brain is just so good. He knows where to be and when to be and where his and where his teammates are. And so he's he's what he put up like 56 points as like a 36 year old last year or something. He's just consistently going to yeah. be a very good top six player. Um, I don't know. If, I didn't think he would fall, but over the last week, a lot of um, mock drafts like from the athletic they had Rodian falling to him um, and the good news is is Tariq um, from the athletic for the Caps he he got, he was choosing he chose him and he said he heard that the Caps were really high on him so that's good news because I'm, I'm just scared that they don't even have any Russian <laughs> uh, scouts at this point so it's good that they're looking towards him well and, and a certain a certain Capitals blog I think uh, would uh, would be a fan of that pick too I will say <laughs> uh, yeah yeah they, yeah, they would uh, love a rush. And then the second one is the kid that I picked for our mock draft. His name is Murat Kuznetsdinov, I think. I don't even know how to say that last name. But he reminds uh, me of well, Let's go with it. That's, that's yeah. a great last name. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a fan already. Great names. That's why you should pick them, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he reminds me a lot of um, Sebastian Ajo. He's just a really smart two-way center. He's super fast, great hands, great – everything he does – is either good or great and that, across the board, like everything. Um, and he's super young, which being really young in a draft always intrigues me because that means you probably have another level that hasn't shown yet just because you're so young. And, and usually you have a, usually have a really good breakout uh, draft plus one year. Um, and so I'm, I, he, what gets me excited about him is he should be available. Everyone has him at best, very, very late first, early second. So he should be available. Again, I'm just concerned about um, uh, what, what if the Caps will <laughs> choose a Russian. Um, and then I'll just do one more, and I won't go through all of them, uh, just for three, because I'm just a three kind of person. There you uh, go. No three, right? Yeah. yeah, three. Yeah, let's do a top three. And then there's Noel Gunler. Um, he's Swedish. Uh, he's a big boy, 6'2", I believe. Uh, decent scare, not great, but he has great offensive ability. He has a he has one of the best shots in the draft and really good hands and vision for playmaking. Uh, he was supposed to go at the beginning of the year. Everyone's like, oh, he's a top 10. But then the Swedish uh, Juniors League didn't take him for the World Juniors. And I was like, ooh, why is that? And then you're learning that he has not off ice issues as in like big problems, but coaches kind of have issues with him coaching him. Um, and so he has – so he's a very high floor, low ceiling, like I talked about earlier, high floor. Like if you hit on him and you can get him to uh, buy into systems and play the right way, he'd get you 40 goals and 40. He'll get you 80 points, 40 goals with it. But if you swing and miss, then he's probably not even going to make it over to North America. So it's a very, but like I said earlier, caps, these are the kind of players caps need to swing on because you're at a point where you're, the window's closing so it's closing anyway. So if you take a safe pick, it's going to close. You might as well just go big. And if you hit, you hit, and you're killing it. Um, so that's I'm hoping they he should be he's available a lot because people are scared of him. It was a lot, it was a lot like last year. Um, this kid named Arthur Kaliev had the same issues. 
great offensive skill, amazing shot, probably the best in the draft. And he fell into the second round um, in L.A. got him. And he's been great yeah. since. Like, he's cleaned up his game a lot. So uh, it would be – if Caps can grab one of those three, they'd be looking very good. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting, too, kind of because I think we're all starting to come to the opinion that, man, oh, man, the Caps hit pretty well in the first round last year with uh, with McMichael and everything like that. Yeah. So I guess it, it's interesting to me that they're – because, I mean, isn't the thing with McMichael that, you know, great shot. There were, there were some maybe issues in terms of possibly skating, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But what do you think hitting on the McMichael pick really – what do, you, what do you think that kind of shows about the cap draft philosophy there? Um, I, I mean, when they drafted him, I was kind of – I because I really wanted Cali. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like – I was so pumped. I was like, oh, my gosh, this kid fell to us. He's going to be great. And they took – like, Michael's like, dang it. Um, I, I mean, it shows that they know more than me, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the uh, – and historically, people that have had his draft year, like McMichael did, and then have his draft plus one or D plus one, it's what it's called, is like pretty freaking rare that that happens. Um, and so I, they saw something and they were right about it because, I mean, he was good. Like everyone knew he was good, but they saw that, you know, he has another level to get to and they, they nailed on it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, he's, uh, I'm definitely excited because, uh, I, we're talking about the Caps window shrinking, and uh, I would – I tend to think that there's a pretty prominent role for – or at least there should be for Connor McMichael next year. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see him up in the very near future. Uh, kind of going later into the draft a little bit, I, I, don't, I don't know if you have any specific names here about players the Caps can look at, but what are you kind of thinking or skill sets that the Caps might look at later on in the draft? Um, well, definitely. Well, again, they take best player available, so it's kind of hard. Um, sure. but I, th- I think I'm hoping they notice that the, that they need a little bit more skills. Like we talked about earlier, they have a lot of unsexy picks in terms of like, they're going to be good two way players. Um, like Brett Leeson last year, uh, that they picked uh-huh. in the second round. He's a good two. He's not a sexy guy. Um, but he's good. So I'm hoping they're seeing like, OK, well, we have these good supporting cast players that which you need, you obviously need. Um, but we need to start getting a little bit more, oomph, you know, a little bit more uh, skill in our like in our prospect pool to, to surround yeah. those guys with. Because um, then, you know, that's a good mix to have. That's how you won the cup. We had a good mix of support and a good mix of skill. So, like I yeah. said, we don't have that much crazy and skill. So hopefully that's something they're aiming for um, a little bit more high end guys. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're going to call that a uh, draft sufficiently previewed. So we're going to take a quick break here. And on the other side, uh, we're going to talk about uh, free agents and uh, where we're kind of hoping the caps end up with uh, various players in the UFA market. So stay tuned. Welcome back to JFers Rank Radio. I'm still here with Luke and uh, Luke. So, we're going to go to a topic that I know a little bit more about, uh, and I would hope I would because, you know, I uh, am a pod- hockey podcast host, so one would hope I know at least something about the NHL generally. Um, and uh, so let's, let's talk about the free agency. Um, I guess first the big question is it seems unlikely uh, for the Caps kind of big three free agents uh, that they're going to – it seems unlikely that they're going to they're gonna keep Holtby, and it seems pretty unlikely – actually – 
extremely unlikely that they keep uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. But do you think the Brendan Dillon deal gets done? Do you think that they, one, should they sign him? And two, do you think they'll get it done? Um, I mean, I liked Dillon, uh, but it's, he didn't blow my socks off to the point of like, oh, we need to keep him because with yeah. the, basically what they want, they want a partner for Carlson. And they know Kempney isn't that anymore after his injury. But I was hoping they would kind of give Siegenthaler a look there because uh, in the limited minutes he's had to Carlson, their defensive impacts were really good. Um, I Like if they signed Dylan, I'd be like, OK. Um, but they let him go. I'd be like, okay, like I, will, I more want them to let them go. But I think they will get it done, uh, because they, it's been rumored for a while that they wanted to resign him. I think my bet, what's getting held up is, I bet Dylan wants a no movement clause Ooh, for yeah. next year at least, so he can't be taken by Seattle. And I don't think Caps want to do that because right now I'm sure they're aiming to keeping Carlson, Orlov, and Siegenthaler. So if they protect. Dylan, they had to let Orlov or Siegenthaler go, which I'm sure they do not want to do. So I'm, my bet is that's what the holdup is. But I have a feeling that it does get done. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I actually agree with you. And I, I think it's kind of strange because there's been a lot of takes on Capitals Twitter and among the beat writers. Uh, you're not friends with the beat writers, obviously. But that it's, it's a given that they're going to try to get the deal and deal done. And... I don't know about that. I, I look at it and I think Brendan Dillon was fine. I don't think he, I agree with you. I don't think he blew anyone's socks off. And I, you know, I, I think I agree with you on Siegenthaler. I'd like to see him get a bigger role. And frankly, we're talking about a really weird year. And I think that there's going to be some guys that surprise you that go for below market, uh, lower market than you would think. So, I, you know, I think it would be silly for the Caps to not at least think about what a life would be like maybe if they didn't re-sign Dylan and tried to see if they can get some market value elsewhere. Um, so yeah, that, I, I think I'm, and, and the other concern I have is, it, I agree with you, it seems like the big holdup is whether there's a no move or not, and particularly the impacts with Seattle, as you eloquently talked about, but I, I look at Dylan and I'm nervous about giving him a no move because mm-hmm. I, with, with guys who are a little bit more, I mean, Dylan's not exactly slow, but you wouldn't exactly say he's exactly going to be skating up all the ice all the time. Yeah. I, I get nervous about how that ages, right? Mm-hmm. Like the margin between Brendan Diller, Dylan, slightly above average second pair defenseman and Brendan Dylan, guy who's a 7D is not as big as people think it is. And yeah. I, you could easily see a situation where the Capitals pay him maybe like a four-by-four four deal or something like that, give him the no move, and all of a sudden in two years we're like, wow, this contract is an albatross and it's unmovable. So yeah. I, I'm nervous about that. And if I'm the Caps, I say I have three defensemen who I really trust in Orlov, Carlson, and, Siegen, and Siegenthaler. Um, what, yeah, Orlov, Carlson, Siegenthaler, that's right. And then... Yeah, you see what you get with uh, with Kentney. I mean, they're obviously not going to move him. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that Dylan makes sense, but I don't think he makes sense at anything above four, and particularly if he's demanding a no move. So that's uh, – so there you go. That's that's Greg Young's hockey take in the middle of this uh, lovely interview with Lou. So <laughs> um, I guess aside from Dylan, where are you kind of at on positional needs for the Caps? Uh Again, we talked about blue. Or we talked about blue line and the cap seem inevitable to try to 
address that either with Dylan and a combination of players, maybe just Dylan, or maybe just a combination of players. I, where, where are you at on some of the other needs that the Capitals have aside from the blue line? See, I'm on the um, kind of on the other fence because I think a lot of people want a lot of changes, but I don't. Every time someone brings up the, a change you want to see, I'm like, I don't mind it. Like, so one thing is um, the second line right-handed. People don't want Jensen there, but I I like Jensen. I liked him with yeah. Um And I what I'm really interested to see what Laviolette does with him because Jensen was high-end player in Detroit, a be- very bad team. He was yeah. very – he's playing top pyramids against top uh, elite players, and he's putting up positive impacts. And he came here, and he did not do well. Or he did he's doing he did well like he was average but I think everyone expected him to do great so what is that not maybe that's a Reardon issue maybe it's a, a coaching issue so why not try uh, why don't you bring let Laviolette who's historically very who's great defensively see what I I think Jensen will do really well in the second pair and then people like look at panic and they're like oh we need bottom six people I'm like do you panic put up was on average was on pace to put up 30 points, which you're paying 2.75 million to put up 30 points as a third liner. That's about market value. And, uh, and possession wise and penalty kill wise, he's very good. Too. Yeah, I, he had a re- and analytically, he's one of the best players for the Caps. He was really good. People just don't. He just put up like zero points in the first 13 games or something. So people yeah, will, you know, like I it. Remember I, think that. I think that's a, a very unlikely to happen again. And then, well, you know me and my boy Sprong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Daniel Sprong. There you go, yeah, Luca. Luke, so I get Sprong. I'm like, oh, I know that guy's gonna come in. He's gonna get us 20 goals. I know he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a bold take. All right, if that happens, uh, when coronavirus stuff opens up, uh, beers on me if he gets over 20 right. goals. I, I, this is how I see Sprong. I see him as the last year of Connolly that we had. I think you can get that as Sprong every year, which was 20 plus goals. And I forget how many assists he had, like 15 plus assists. I think you can get that at minimum with my boy Sprung in third line. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, the Capitals need goals out of the third line. So that would be yeah, that would be I pretty think, welcome. I think it brings that. And he was the best player by far in, in camp, pre-playoff camp. He was by far the best player. So I think he's hungry. I think he wants to prove that he belongs in the league. So I think he's going to – as long as he gets the chance, I'm hoping they just – and I let – from what I can remember is he, he doesn't mind playing young kids. So I'm hoping he gives he them. So, yeah. uh, so that, yeah, so that's just my philosophy of like, I don't see that big of a, I don't look at the team and say like, Oh, they need this. They need a third line scoring and they need a second line. I don't disagree going and trying to fix it and getting it better. I'm just not the kind of person. I just don't see the team. That's like, well, we got to do something or we're screwed, but that's my, there, is, there is one solution. Yeah, there is one position that uh, I I could see the Caps definitely making a move in, and that is, uh, I guess, Ilya Samsonov, I would imagine, is going to be the 1A goalie. And uh, in that situation, I think the Caps could use a 1B. And uh, there's a lot of buzz around Henrik Lundqvist. But uh, in general, the goalie market, as people have talked about, is massive. And so I don't know, kind of, kind of, do you, do you think the Caps have a shot at getting a Henrik Lundqvist? And uh, if not, do you think it makes sense for them to maybe roll the dice on a VTech mana check? Or do you think they should go out and actually get a veteran, someone who you think can maybe be a reasonable option in case maybe Samsonov isn't ready to play 45 games next year? Yeah. Well, I think they have a very good chance of getting Lundqvist because one, it's 
close to New York. Um, I think it's one close to New York, so it's not far from where he's been living. And he, I think I would imagine he probably wants a little bit of revenge on New York, even though he's a nice guy. I think he would, wouldn't mind being in the division where he has to play them four or five times. Yeah, it's not fun um, to get bought out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he, he's probably have a little chip on his shoulder. And uh, we have the Swedes. We have Backstrom and Hagelin. He's best friends with Hagelin because uh, Hagelin's in New York for years. Um, and we're competitive. You know, we're going to be a top, you know, team. So we're going to have a chance at a cup. So I think I think we have a very good chance of getting him. Um, I just don't know. I don't know money wise. There might be a team out there that would be willing to offer him. I don't think we can offer him much, maybe like between one and two million. Um, but he has money from being bought out, so he might not mind it. But if there's a team that could offer him more money, I'm sure there is. It's just a matter of if he wants to come here, which I totally see. Yeah. And I guess two other names I'm going to be intrigued by, aside from Henrik Lundqvist, who I would love to see Henrik Lundqvist. As a yeah. Coach. He's, he's like I will admit player. That. Not on the yeah. cap, so I would buy yeah. that jersey ASAP. Yeah, and and arguably he owes it to the Caps after. I you you might say that if Henrik Lundqvist is not a New York Ranger and maybe is a Chicago Blackhawk or something like that, the mm-hmm. Caps might have another cup. Like yeah, 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 straight up, he was immaculate in the playoffs and maybe really you could say t- stole a couple of series against oh, the Caps sure. that the Rangers did oh, not deserve to win. Gosh. Ugh. Yeah, but but okay, a couple other ga- names I will toss out there as people that I'm curious to see if they take a run at. Uh, Thomas Grice is someone who's a little older, but mm-hmm. has been pretty good for the Islanders for a couple of years, so that might be something that they're able to get done on a pretty cheap basis, and he's actually better than you think he'd be, so there you go. And then um, the other name that's going to be interesting, I think, is Jimmy Howard uh, for the Detroit of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh it, obviously, he wasn't great last year, but you figure Detroit was such a dumpster fire that maybe they look at that. So I don't know. That's kind of kind of my two players that uh, I might keep just a little bit of an eye on to see if the Caps make yeah. a run. And I think they need um, a player that is well, – I I like Grace a lot. The issue is I think he might ask for more than one year, and I think Caps are, that's true. should be smart to keep one year because I think I, I would still be pr- – if it's not Lundqvist, I would rather go Vanacek just because I like him a lot. I think he's ready for the big times. Um, so okay. I, I think, I know that they like him too, so they might not want to, if they're going to say, okay, well, just one year, we'll give him one more year of develop, developing, same with Samsonov, uh, they might just want a one-year guy, which Howard fits. I don't know if Grice fits, but I like Grice the most of all the UFAs, but people also yeah. forget about why not Copley? He was a, he did, uh, spent a whole year as a backup for us in, he did at the very least average. Uh, I, so I don't, I, if I was them, I would roll Try Vanacek. If he doesn't work, you can you can if you can't trade or get someone off the waiver wire, try Copley there. But yeah, that's just that not hurt. There you go. All right. And then the um, I guess let's I want to I want to kind of wrap this up. I want to ask you about something that you said earlier, which is you said kind of at the start of the segment that people always want to make a million improvements to the Capitals and say they need this and they need that. And I think you're a little more mixed on the uh, kind of efficacy of doing that. So let me ask you this. Say we're in, you know, October, we're in late October, the UFA market's already happened, everything like that. What are you really hoping that the Caps do? And what do you think they, in a a uh, a Luke-approved kind of move, what do you think the Caps look like after this draft and this UFA market? If I was running the team, is yeah. that what you're saying? Oh. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. Um, what would a Luke what a what a Luke approved off season really look like here? Um Like I said, I wouldn't do too much, but if I was like going bonko crazy, um, which I always am, let's do it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're forty minutes in. We got the bonko. Let's yeah, let's go. Let's bonko. go bonko take here. Let's uh, go for it. Um, oh, I just talked about how much I like to panic, but if they want like a player that really intrigues me is Andrea Athanasiu out of Detroit. Oh, he's I like, like that idea. He's not being qualified. Is the is what sounds like it's going to happen with Edmonton, so he's going to be a free agent. Um, and that's like, we love to do a reclamation projects. I would love, if we had to give him, I would love to give him a chance because his, you know, he has offensive talent through the roof. He's terribly defensively, but he's the fastest dude, one of the fastest guys in the league and can get you 20-plus goals. So I would love, like I said, I love Panic, but if you can, you know, upgrade, I wouldn't mind giving that kid a shot. Um so, and I would also probably, this is kind of not an off-season thing, but I would love to drop Oshi to the third line, give it a little bit more oomph. Uh, I think, like, you spread out, get three really good scoring lines. Um, and defensively, if we had to go somewhere, if we had to go get a right-hander, I would love to go get um, Dylan DeMello, uh, who's been like, Oh, yeah. He's available. He would be a cheap. He only costs like $3.5 million probably, but he's this analy- analytical darling. Um, so if we had to go grab somebody, I would. I think if you go can go Carlson, DeMello, uh, Jensen, as you're one, two, three on your right side, I think you're looking pretty, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe keep that window open a couple more years. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Luke, this was a lot of fun. Um, where can uh, people find you and your various uh, writings and musings? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Luke Adamanis, I think, just straight up. A-D-O-M-A-N-I-S is my last name. It's weird. And then you can catch me and other fantastic writers at Japer's Rink. Um, and that's about there it. Go. There you go. Um, and uh, if you are interested in the show, which I guess you are because you listened 43 minutes in to hear me do promos, uh, I guess I guess you should... Uh, Follow uh, J- everything at Japer's Rink, which is great. Uh, please listen, rate, write, subscribe. Give us five stars. Give us six stars. Uh, yeah, six. Feel free to you know do all of that stuff. Uh, it's a it helps people find the show and uh, it helps Adam and I get uh, you know get to really share this with a lot more people. Uh, you can find me at Gregy underscore Jr. and you can find this weird mysterious person who runs the japers rank radio account at uh at japers rank radio and uh yeah so uh please uh, do all of those things and uh stay tuned because next week uh we will have some kind of free agent preview i'm not sure what it is yet but uh i will <laughs> figure something out i'm sure and uh so uh stay tuned and uh thanks for listening